A chance for the lead or a tie. They go to the rim. For three, no! Loose ball in the corner. Three seconds to go. At the other end, Haluska off the rim. Northwestern wins. Uh, that was the iconic television audio of the Northwestern State upset win over Iowa. And uh, what better way to start off this episode of the Farcom Podcast than reliving one of the all-time great demon moments, one of the all-time great college basketball moments, and uh, welcome you here to this episode of the Farcom Podcast as we uh, give thanks to Coach Mike McConaughey who announced yesterday he was retiring after 23 years as coach of the Demons. Uh, just words really cannot describe the impact he's had, uh, not only on Northwestern, but the community of Natchitoches, uh, college basketball as a whole. And, you know, March Madness is going on now, and I'm sure there'll be some Cinderella's this year. And, you know, even with that, even though, yeah, it's over a decade ago, that clip is still shown, and it's still one of the most memorable moments. And uh, what that meant to Northwestern, uh, if you weren't there, it's hard to describe uh, in words. When Coach McConathy was hired as the head basketball coach taking over for J.D. Barnett, uh, I was a student at Northwestern State. At the time, I was living with two guys who were alumnus of North DeSoto High School near Shreveport, and I, I wasn't too familiar with Coach Mike McConathy. Uh, right away, they told me that uh, he was going to make a difference. They said, look, what he's done at Boja Parish Community College is just phenomenal. Uh, he's an excellent coach. He's made them into a power. And look, he's going to turn Northwestern around. So uh, naturally, uh, going in, we were looking at it as, okay, well, he's a good coach. And, you know, I started looking up on him and thought, you know, in three to four years, he might actually have us doing well. Northwestern never had a conference tournament title. Um in the three years prior, uh, they had gone eleven and fifteen, missed a tournament, uh, thirteen and fourteen with a first round exit, and the last winning season uh, before his arrival in ninety nine two thousand, the last winning season for the Demons was in nineteen ninety one, so uh, almost ten years had passed. Uh, and one thing I do want to give credit to is to Coach J D Barnett is I think he really left a solid foundation for Coach Mike McConaughey to build upon. And, you know, I don't think Coach Barnett gets the credit that he ha he really deserves for building the program the way he did. And I know they didn't have the success under him that people would have liked and that he would have liked, but I, I do feel Coach Barnett really deserves credit for building a good foundation that Coach Mike was able to build upon. Uh, but again, we came into that first year thinking it was going to take – you know, three, four years to really build the program up. And, you know, his first year as coach, he brings us to the Southland Conference title game. We're 17 and 13, you know, first winning season in 10 years. It was a tough loss to Lamar, but kind of set the tone that things were going to be different. And then the very next year, win the Southland Conference tournament over McNeese and then played in the opening round game against Winthrop. And 
that was the first ever opening round game that was taking place. It was called the quote-unquote playing game. And the interesting thing about it was the build-up to that, there were some people saying it was going to be a massive disaster, that it was going to be a game played in front of empty seats, no one's going to care, no one's going to cheer. And in the lead-up to the game, Winthrop kind of expressed that they were not pleased to be in the playing game. They felt they were being robbed of the opportunity that if, you know, you lose, you go home, you don't get to be in the dance. Coach McConaughey had a different approach. He was excited. He said, this is great. We're going to be in the first game. You know, this is awesome. And he embraced it. And as such, you kind of felt the Dayton people, and this was covered in the uh, Shreveport Bossier Journal, which if you have not listened or read, uh, please look at it. Doug Ireland writes for it, former SID, and they do just a phenomenal job. And one thing they mentioned was how Dayton kind of uh, almost adopted the demons just because of the attitude where Northwestern came in really excited, saying, look, we're, we're happy about this. And that's the way you have to have it. And I really do believe that was the difference in letting Northwestern State win that game over Winthrop is the fact that we approached it as a great opportunity whereas they didn't, and Coach McConaughey was proven right. Um, the game ended up being a tremendous success. It was a packed house. Uh, the crowd was into it, especially toward the end of the game. If you're watching uh, replays of it, the crowd is really into it by the end. It's loud. It feels like a tournament game, and it was a tournament game, and it counts as a tournament win. No asterisk needed. And it was such a great moment for Northwestern State because – the very next day on ESPN.com, we were the headline story. We made a front page USA Today Sports. Um, talk shows were talking about it. I remember coming in the next day and, you know, we put on Sports Center, um, which I always did in between classes. And right away, you see Northwestern State right there, front and center on Sports Center. The main guy's talking about it. They're doing the highlights. And it was like, man, Coach McConaughey was right. And he embraced it and ran with it. And it was so awesome. And, you know, we played Illinois the next game. Uh, you know, I thought we played well. Uh, we're outmatched. But it just started a great trend. And then in 2004, 2005, made the title game. Won the regular season title. Lost to Southeastern in a really good game in Prather. Came back the next year. Won the SLC title. And, of course, that huge win over Iowa. And I remember... I was watching in my apartment. I was at the time a sports editor for the Natchitoches Times, and I was taking notes on the game because I wanted to cover it, and I was trying to be professional and um, while at the same time, you know, uh, trying to hold my fandom in check. And I had a couple of people over who were watching. Obviously, when the last shot hit, we we just started running, and for no reason, we ran outside of the apartment I was living in, an apartment complex. And the amazing thing was there must have been about 30 to 40 people all running outside celebrating, chanting NSU, NSU, and hugging each other and high-fiving. And um, at the time, uh, my now wife, who at the time was my girlfriend, she was working and she called me because they had literally, during classes at the school she was teaching at, which was Cloucheville, they had put it on the TV in the classroom she was at and people were cheering for it and then... Uh, so, uh, me and a buddy decided, you know, we're going to go downtown and, uh, went to front street and it was the most amazing scene I've seen. Um, front street was literally shut down. And I remember people just outside the stores chanting in at you. There was a guy in a pickup truck driving down back and forth down front street with a huge Northwestern flag. And, 
uh, it was just amazing. And then, of course, watching just the media reaction to that moment, uh, uh, it was just uh, just totally awesome. Uh, and then, of course, after that, and the run that started was amazing is that we made the LCLC title game four years in a row and from 2005-2006 all the way up to that 2000. I'm sorry, 2004-2005, all the way up to the 2007-2008 season. Um, and I forget which one. It was one of ones right after we had that Iowa moment where we almost made a return trip to the tournament uh, but missed a last-second shot right under the rim, which was heartbreaking. Uh, but the Demons were a consistent Southland power. Uh, really, the, that glory age uh, ended in 2012-2013 where we made the tournament for the third time and uh, lost to a really good Florida team. Uh, made it to the semis in 2013 and 14 and 14 15. Uh, haven't made it back to those heights, but uh, just an unbelievable run for Northwestern. And, uh, you know, when you look at everything as a whole, outside of LSU, there is no college in Louisiana that has had the success Northwestern State has had. Um, for some reason, and I'm not trying to blast them, but Louisiana Tech uh, has been mentioned by people as being like a great mid-major program. Uh, in reality, Northwestern is that program. Uh, Texters have gone, I think, 31 years without tournament birth. In that time, the Demons have been to three tournaments and won two games in a tournament. No other team in Louisiana has won a game in the tournament uh, since the start of this century except Northwestern, and we've won two of them. So great company to be in and... You know, the success he's had is uh, unbelievable, especially when you look at Northwestern before he came. Um, uh, it had been a long time, I think, since uh, maybe the early 80s since we actually had a coach with a winning record uh, You know, in more than one year. It, it was uh, just a amazing turnaround and just amazing how he built the program. And, you know, his style was always to be personable and – when I was in college, I had mentioned to Coach Mark Schlesinger that I wanted to coach before uh, eventually, and I did eventually become a head basketball coach uh, for a short period uh, in the high school ranks. But uh, Coach, McCon uh, Coach McConthy overheard me and Coach Schlesinger talking and basically just invited me to come by and watch practice, uh, go around the offices, see how they prepare for games, and he gave basically gave me an open-door policy, and it was really awesome, and you know, I did take advantage of a few times, uh, not too often. I didn't want to overburden, but uh, the hospitality he's shown, not only to me, but to other guys. And um, it's really phenomenal. And some of those guys that know that he offered the same too uh, are very successful. I know one um, who worked under Coach McConthy, uh, you know, is now at UL Lafayette doing some great work. I know another one's a head coach in Texas, and he's doing wonderful. Uh, and that's just off the top of my head and there's many many more who've been touched by him and the one thing I will say that means more than anything about coach Mike isn't the wins and losses and I think I've said that before but it's who he was as a person uh, his sons played for St. Mary's High School and as I mentioned before I, I did cover sports in, in the Natchitoches Times and uh, did a couple of stringer writing for uh, Alexandria Town Talk and a couple other ones. But his sons were really good basketball players for St. Mary's, and he would go to all the games, as many as he could. Obviously, you know, there's some conflicts with, uh, you know, when the Demons are traveling, but 
he was at every game he could. And the thing I loved about when he went is there are some people who were big stars and, you know, known people as Coach McConaughey is Ron Akadish, and they make it a point to make sure everyone's looking at them and they bask in the glory of being kind of a celebrity. Uh, Coach Mike never did that. He would always kind of duck in the games really quietly, go up in a bleacher, sit down. He wouldn't make a show. He was always nice to people and people would come talk to him, but he was there just to support the players and the student athletes with his son and never did anything to overshadow him. And it's so cool. And I remember they had played at Delhi High School in a playoff game, ended up losing a really tough game. And I had the pleasure of sitting next to Coach McConaughey at that game, and he talked to me a little bit. And uh, just the amount of grace and class he had and talking to people uh, from Delhi that came up and talked to him and just cheering on his team uh, and just always so positive. And I can tell you from the game, there are some instances in that game that weren't um, the greatest to be a fan. And uh, he just took it in stride, and he was just really – just positive the whole way, even when other people were getting upset about missed calls or whatever, he just stayed positive and, you know, just can't say enough about him. Um, really going to miss seeing him on the bench for Northwestern, and um, it's definitely going to be a weird feeling. Uh, end of the day, though, he deserves it. Uh, 23 years, 330 wins at Northwestern, 682 in his career, most ever for a coach in Louisiana. Uh, From the bottom of my heart, and I think from a lot of people, uh, thank you very much, Coach McConathy. Um, Cannot express um, the gratitude uh, that all of us have for everything you've done. Uh, I do apologize that that kind of rambled on a little bit. Uh, But like I said, just a heavy heart doing this. I'm really happy for him, uh, but not seeing Coach McConaughey there. And, uh, you know, of course, he's gone. And Leon Johnson, you know, great track coach, uh, you know, also retired. Um, Doug Ireland, Greg Burke. uh, I think for a lot of us, it's kind of um, this kind of signified the closing of an era. So, uh, again, I do apologize for uh, rambling a bit, but um, definitely kind of an emotional um, moment for myself as a former demon athlete, knowing uh, the way he uh, treated all of us and um, just seeing a lot of chapters closed, I think kind of hits home for a lot of people. Uh, moving forward for the basketball team, uh, now that Coach Mack is gone, um, I will have to admit, I do feel bad for our new athletic director, uh, Kevin Bostian. Um, that is not an easy task. It's, hey, welcome on the job. And by the way, your first hire is going to be to replace the winningest coach in Louisiana basketball history. Good luck. Uh, but honestly, uh, whoever comes in is going to have a great um, great foundation to work on. And the one thing I do like what Coach Mack has done as we look to the future now is he has shown coaches that will come in and potential coaches that, yes, you can win at Northwestern State, Yes, you can make the tournament. Yes, you can make headlines. And yes, you can make a name for yourself. And you can be a top mid-major program. And uh, if anyone doubts uh, the fan bases we have, just go look at the games we had against Oral Roberts, against Stephen F. Austin, 
Utah State where Prather Coliseum was not only packed, but very loud and very intimidating. So great foundation. Uh, I think Coach, uh, I think our AD, Kevin Bostian, I think he's going to be able to have his pick of the letter of who he wants to come here. And now there are some positives and negatives, I think, coming in. As I mentioned, the positives, you know, we know we can win here. He's got a good foundation, some good players coming back. Uh, one player that is leaving is Kendall Coleman. Uh, he did enter a transfer portal. Uh, do wish him the best luck, a talented player. Uh, but I can't blame him all the way, you know, obviously uncertainty as they look for a new coach to hire. Um, I do hope uh, that as much as the staff as possible remains intact. Uh, a lot of those guys have been with Northwestern for a long time, and uh, I'll mention them more as we go along. Uh, one thing I would like to see is uh, Prather Coliseum definitely upgrades. Would love to see a new Prather, but I know uh, financially it may not be possible. Uh, but definitely uh, definitely need to put that on the burner for maybe a long-term goal uh, is to replace Prather. I think that's the one negative aspect. And I'm not trying to blast the athletic department on that one, but uh, it is something to address and uh, something that has been used against us. So uh, one thing with uh, Bastian's AD, he has been known for a good uh, as a good fundraiser, good with finances. So uh, it could be in the cards. And I will just mention with Prather that I think uh, they've done a great job making it uh, as nice as it could possibly be uh, for a very oddly shaped um, basketball arena. But uh, really excited to see what the future of this program holds. Uh, going to be weird. Let's see, not seeing McConaughey on the sidelines is going to be really weird. Uh, but, you know, uh, that's the way it goes. You know, we knew he wasn't going to coach forever. So a uh, new chapter is going to form. Really excited to see what it brings. But, uh, again, uh, what Coach McConaughey has built for the program, it's going to be awesome. Uh, also today on this episode, we are going to talk about uh, softball and baseball. Uh, lots to talk about on that end. Um, great things from both. Uh, but first, a quick word from our sponsor. It does keep this free each and every episode. Uh, moving on to softball. Softball team uh, right now standing at 14 and 11 on the year. Uh, we're swept at Houston, unfortunately, losing 7 2, 5 3, and 5 0. Uh, but did rebound actually today, just beat Jackson State in a double header 7 3, and then 3 2. Um, one benefit of uh, Coach McConaughey retiring is I actually had a episode recorded uh, yesterday ready to publish, and once the news of retirement broke out, he, um, yeah, I just felt like that's something I couldn't put off for a week to talk about. So uh, on a plus side, I got to mention the doubleheader sweep over Jackson State, so good job to the softball team. Uh, they will be heading off to the Memphis Tiger Classic, a really tough one. Have uh, James Madison and Eastern Tennessee on Friday, and then Saturday against Eastern Tennessee and Memphis. So, should be a tough and solid four game uh, stretch before they uh, return home. First home game in a while as they uh, return home Wednesday against UTA, and then next weekend they will finally open up conference play. So, this weekend, the last little tune up. Uh, there were some positives, and start off. Uh, closer junior Bronte Roden uh, was the pitcher of the week. Uh, she's been in relief most of the year, has a ERA of 447, uh, kind of had a little uh, troubles early on, but has come into her own last couple of games. And that's the beauty of uh, softball and beauty of baseball is uh, you'll see that happen a lot. A pitcher will come in, not that she's pitched bad, but not having a stuff. And, uh, you know, once you finally get into that rhythm, 
it starts coming together, and that's happened. And in her last five appearances, she has given up two hits, struck out 11, and has not allowed a run, and an opponent's are batting .083 against her. That is awesome. Uh, and I mentioned earlier in in previous episodes how I really like the way the softball team is built. And one thing I mentioned was that pitching depth, and Bronte Roten is somebody I haven't mentioned, and it's not because she's not a good pitcher. It's because we have that much depth and talent pitching that um, it just simply, uh, you can't talk about everybody all at once, so I'd have like a five-hour podcast. And I don't think anybody wants to hear me talk for five hours. But uh, Bronte Roden really looked good over the weekend, uh, pitched in the final innings of each of those and and did great. Uh, Some other performances I do want to mention. Game one, Bailey Ragsdale went two for three. Uh, Mackenzie Chaffin went two of three with an RBI in game two. And in game three, uh, Kat Marshall went two for three. And looking uh, at the future for the softball team, I really like, like I said, I love the way this team is built. Uh, got really good pitching depth and the offense is there. And the thing is, when you look at the runs we've scored and our output, we've played some talented teams. And I think once it gets a conference, they're going to do uh, some really, really great stuff. And you look at, you know, like, uh, Laney and Lexi Rouge, look at Maggie Dar, Kenzie Seeley, Sage Hoover, uh, really going to be, you know, like I said, and then you add on with Cat and Marshall, you look at Bailey Ragsdale, Mackenzie Chaffin, you look at all these names, and and the thing I love about it, there's not one person you could say, well, here's the superstar. It's not like you could say, you know, well, there's King Griffey Jr., and that's the guy. No, with this team, there's literally seven or eight people that at any given time could be a star in a game. And I think that is going to come into play really well in conference play. Once other teams start strategizing, start looking at how they're going to approach it. There's nowhere in our lineup where you can say, well, if we put this batter on base, then we should be okay. The rest of the way Uh, you do that on this team, then everyone on the team can hurt you. You can't just pitch around people. You've got to face them, and that's awesome pitching-wise the same way. Hey, look, you might rough up somebody, but everyone else in the pen is ready to go. We've got literally five pitchers that can go at any given time and really come in and shut someone down, and that's awesome. Uh, And I really do think this team is built for conference and built for tournament action. Uh, So, again, love the way this is, and, again, big weekend this weekend against the Memphis Tiger Classic, you know, don't want to get swept again. You need to kind of come back on, uh, you know, play your best game and really approach this like a conference, you know, conference series, even though you are playing three different teams. But approach it like conference. Last tune-up here. So the last little time to tinker with the lineups. Uh, you know, Coach Pickett and, you know, his staff has done just such a great, great job uh, with the softball program. I have no doubt once conference starts, they're going to be rolling uh, – but again, start this weekend against Memphis Tigers and back home Wednesday against UTA. Uh, baseball, I talked in the last episode about uh, how we were going through offensive struggles. Rebound in a big way, swept Alcorn. Uh, not going to go too much into that, but we scored a ton of runs. Uh, they're not a great team. They haven't held anyone under 10 runs all year, so I'm not going to focus on that too much. But we played a very good Lamar team. Now, Lamar coming in yesterday... Uh, had swept SFA and took two or three out of Rice. Now, I know Rice isn't uh, the powerhouse they used to be. They're kind of struggling, but uh, I still think that's impressive. Uh, and anyway, we just blew them out. 21-7 win. Uh, offense is looking great. 
Uh, Gray Rowlett, freshman from Keller, had a three for five, four RBIs and a home run. Larson Fontenot, four for six with five RBIs and a double. Uh, some pitchers I want to mention now is basically a bullpen by committee, and we took took them apart really quick. Uh, so most of the game was just, again, new pitcher every inning. Uh, Chase Proswich uh, in his inning pitch didn't allow a uh, hit and had a, a strikeout. Uh, Alex Mackridge, one inning pitch and two strikeouts. Next up uh, will be South Dakota State and then Tuesday against Grambling. And now be the last non-conference uh, tilt and we will start off uh, next weekend at UNO to start off South and Conference play. But South Dakota State this weekend, uh, I like the way the approach is with the Demons. You know, when you go through a stretch as they did where you just can't seem to find a run, can't seem to score a run, um, and against teams I thought we could have success against, you know, it is frustrating at times. But, you know, you had Nebraska, UTA, UL Monroe. They're quality teams, uh, not teams that we should struggle that much against. And when that happens, teams kind of press, and then all of a sudden, which should only be a three-game skid or a four-game where you're not playing that well offensively, suddenly turns into seven, eight, nine, ten games, and then you have a major problem. Uh, this team, I like the fact their approach never changed. They kept grinding. You know, even against Joe Monroe, they're getting people on base, just couldn't bring them in. Finally broke through. I think it was the eighth inning, and then of course erupted at Alcorn and just had a monster game against Lamar. Uh, really good to see. So. Pitching-wise, I think the pitchers, uh, you know, our pitching staff has looked really good all year. Uh, you know, you look at seven runs against Lamar, uh, with the type of game it was, we weren't pressing much. It, it was, it, it is what it is. It was a typical midweek game, bullpen by committee. You're not going to get great performances always out of that. But I like where we're headed. <clears throat> As a conference, though, you know, South, the Southland Conference is a very good baseball conference. Uh, last night, Southeastern took out the number one team in the nation, Ole Miss, five to one. Uh, really impressive. Uh, I think Nichols is turning on. You know, looks good. McNeese is looking solid. Um, UIW is showing flashes. I mean, Corpus Christi is showing flashes. I mean, everyone right now uh, looks uh, looks like they can win it. I mean, this is going to be a wide open race, and it's going to be one of those conference races. I think where. Any bad weekend can just take you out of the mix, so you're going to have to come ready each and every weekend to take it. There's going to be no easy gimme games. Um, so, you know, with UNO coming up, you know, we're going to have to use the South Dakota State uh, weekend to really tinker with the last lineups, uh, much like softball is doing. So going to be interesting to see our approach, see if the bats can keep it up. But, um, you know, hats off to the staff and to the players of the baseball team uh, for the Demons turning that around and, uh, you know, bats have woken up. want to thank you for listening to this episode of the Farcom Podcast. I do appreciate each and every one of you. Uh, apologize for the rambling uh, I deal with uh, talking about Coach McConathy. Uh, in reality, I could have probably talked about four or five hours to sharing stories uh, about my interactions with him and about the, what he's meant to the school. But again, very thankful. And um, if anyone... Uh, deserves to have a good retirement. It is Coach McConaughey, a wonderful person. So uh, hopefully he will enjoy um, having the time off and uh, being with his family. You know, there's a lot to be positive about. Uh, you know, there's a little nervousness, I think, around Northwestern right now, you know, with all the changes and all the familiar faces now gone and new faces coming in. But I think there's a lot of optimism as well. I think, you know, all we can do is go up from here. You know, it's uh, some 
really exciting times coming. You know, baseball and softball, they're starting to hit their groove. Uh, last weekend's coming up to fine-tune before conference. Uh, tennis is in full swing. I'll try and get to them a little more, same as track and field. And both of those programs are doing excellent as well. I'm not uh, avoiding them on purpose. Uh, just, again, so much time uh, to have on this, and I don't want it to last too long. I uh, do thank you for listening. Hopefully we'll have some great results to talk about on the next episode. Until then, please stay safe, have fun watching March Madness, and as always, Farkham Demons.